Building a Story Brand is brought to you by 5-Minute Marketing Makeover. Go to 5minutemarketingmakeover.com. If you have struggled with your website, don't know what to say, don't know what images to use, are not converting browsers to buyers, we can help. It's all free at 5minutemarketingmakeover.com. Either spell it out or use the number. It doesn't matter. It's also brought to you by storybrand.com. We have a live marketing workshop in Nashville, Tennessee, and I want you there. Most business leaders struggle to talk about what they do. At StoryBrand, we've created a communication framework that helps people clarify their message so their business starts growing again. We can help you clarify your message. Just register for the marketing workshop at storybrand.com, and we will see you soon. Welcome back to the Building a Story Brand podcast. This is episode three of season two. JJ, how are you? I'm doing well, Don. How are you? I'm terrific. How are you doing on your dissertation? You're like you're like one inch away <laughs> from that, your PhD in like communication. That's like the meanest question you've ever asked me. That is the meanest question you've ever asked me. <laughs> that's like somebody saying, uh, when's your next book going to yeah, be out? Yeah, and you've uh, just started. No, uh, no, seven no. years from now. I got a little ways, but it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> well, I'm very excited about it. I can't wait to read it. You're doing a, a bit on narrative and yeah. how narrative works to uh, compel a human brain yeah. right up the line of story brand. Yeah. So we're praying for you, brother. Thank you. I need all the prayers I can get. This interview today is going to be a wonderful sort of like uh, escape from your dissertation. <laughs> yes, yes, it, is it is fun. <laughs> yeah. uh, our, our guest today is Toy Sweeney. Toy is the senior style lead of on-air talent at QVC. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're ever going through the, the television and you see QVC and they're selling a waffle iron, Toy dressed that person. Yeah, whatever they're wearing, <laughs> Toy recommended and put them on there. And there's a specific reason why she did that. That's what I love about this interview. It's not just, oh, Toy made somebody look great. It's that Toy is actually developing brands with these people who are on-air talent. Yeah. And so today we're talking about how you dress. Yeah. And whether or not you're dressed to grow your business or whether yeah. or not you're not dressed to turn people off. And to yeah. me- that's terrifying. I, yeah. Oh, trust me. Um, I've said this over and over, but pants make me sleepy. Like just like when like even just wearing pants makes me sleepy. So I wear shorts, people. I wear shorts. But um, cargo shorts, which everybody says like you can't wear those when you're over 18. And that's pretty much my outfit. Cargo shorts and flip flops. And Toy actually has already offered to do like this is how bad my outfit is. Toy offered to do a free consultation. She has texted me. She has called me. She has emailed me. And she has said, JJ, hey, can I just give you a free consultation? <laughs> and I don't think it's because I did anything for her. It's because she feels so bad for me. It's a subtle hint. It's like it's like it's when, I got, it, it's when I got married subtle. and my wife kept handing me gum and all of a sudden we had lots of mouthwash in the, I, I, you know, you kind of get a, this idea that maybe your breast milk. It's weird that she started sending me light and just said for your closet. Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, I, so we're not allowed. So she's going to help us understand what we're yeah. supposed to wear in order to walk in. She makes a pretty good argument that first impression is huge. Yep. In the first second, basically, when you see somebody, you identify their brand, you see what they're about, and you are you are building a reputation in that one second. And you know whether or not you want to associate with them. You know whether or not you want to trust them. And yep. probably shorts. Socks and Birkenstocks. <laughs> it's not. It's not the brand I want to put on. And a t-shirt with Scooby Doo on it. 
<laughs> it's probably not going to do uh, it. That makes me a little sad. But <laughs> what I love about it, though, is even in this, when she's talking about what to wear, she is talking about clarifying your message. Understand what you stand for, what message you're putting out there, and that comes for everything. We talk about that with websites all the time. Yep. The image that you put up of success on your website communicates your brand. Yep. Well, when you walk into a room to give a speech or you're walking into a sales pitch, that image that you are giving off communicates something and yep. understanding what your message is, how to communicate it and what you're trying to get across what the end success is, is so important. And I love, she gives very practical tips on how to think about this and move forward. I love this interview. And bottom line, if you want to close more sales, yep. if you want to grow your company, if you want to be seen as the leader, if you want people to trust you right away, this actually matters. She changed a lot for me. She changed yeah, me the too. she changed the clothes that I pack. I'm I, you and I are literally getting on a plane this yeah. afternoon. She changed what is in my suitcase downstairs I right now. I wear the same outfit now every time because <laughs> of what she said. Because here's the reality, they don't make men's pants in my length of legs. <laughs> like they just don't. So I have to have every single thing I own tailored because they do not make clothes in my size and I thought rolling up my jeans made me look cool and toy Pretty much wow. showed me that that's not true. Well, that's huge. It probably was cool at some time. They say that they say that that men tend to dress the same way they dressed in their coolest season of life for the rest of their life. So you see these guys uh. who still dress like Bon Jovi, and you're like, oh yeah, you were popular in the eighties. <laughs> I think there's some truth that anyway, Toy, she's going to take us through our closet. She's going to tell us what to get rid of. She's going to tell us what is necessary in your closet yeah. if you want to succeed. She's going to do it for men and for women. Yep. This is one of my all-time favorite Building a Story Brand interviews. T-O-I-S-W-E-E-N-E-Y.com. And she does consultations with executives, with leaders, to help them dress in alignment with what they want their personal brand to be. Couldn't be more important. Ladies and gentlemen, Toy Sweeney. Toy, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I got. I have to confess, I'm a little. I'm a little nervous because I have a sweatshirt that says Sewanee on it. it <laughs> I got it at College of the South. It is extremely comfortable and warm, and I would wear that to a meeting with the president if I could get away with it. So I am the wrong guy to. Wait, wow. No, I am the right guy to be talking to you. Maybe right. That makes me a little nervous, actually, <laughs> that you think that that's okay. <laughs> well, now, I, I, got, I confess, I haven't done it. I am a married man. I can't leave the house wearing what I want anymore. And so I went through my closet, cleaned it up. I've got, I've got five really sharp suits that I think you would approve of. They, okay, they don't get worn very often. If I have to dress up, I typically wear a kind of Texas tuxedo, which is jeans, a nice shirt, and a sport coat. Uh, and that has worked for me so far. But... I do want to up my game. I'm thinking probably a lot of our podcast listeners are thinking, you know, I need to go through my closet. I need to step it up. And you are here to motivate us and equip us and tell us what, what we need to do. <laughs> and uh, I, you came through StoryBrand, I don't know, a few months ago, yes. and we hit it off. I think what you're doing is fantastic. What do we win or lose by how we dress? Do people Are people really, do they really judge us by, by how we look when we walk in the door? Oh my word. Of course. I know As we don't, don't want to admit other, that. Right? Yeah, we don't want to admit that, but it's true, isn't it? <laughs> well, I think that we we all do it. Everyone does it. But the reality of it is, um, Don, is that you have a tenth of a second 
to really, really like make or break a deal, right? To really right. make that yeah. first impression. So mm-hmm. in that one-tenth of a second, people are trying to decide if they can trust you. They're trying to decide if you are successful or if you're not, you know, if you are affluent, if you, you know, all of these things, you work so hard to build your brand and to tell the right story only to possibly blow it in a tenth of a second. Mm-hmm. You know, it really is important. It really is important. And so you don't want to do that. People are six times more likely to notice the color that you're wearing um, before they before they notice anything else. And what an easy way to make a good impression. I mean, all you have to do is go fix your wardrobe a little bit and you're upping the percentage chances of closing the deal or making the sale or all that kind of stuff. You think? Absolutely, because your your personal brand, specifically the image portion of it, enters the room before you even open your mouth, uh, before anybody can even know what you're about. Hmm. You know, so you have to complete the story um, by making sure that you really nail your image. You really have to. It's so important. Now, I, I just recently, uh, Betsy was out of town and I, I kind of needed to clean out the closet. She was saying, we're either going to hire somebody to reorganize this or to build shelves and all this, or you can pare this down. And I threw away, I mean, I threw away one third of everything that I own in that closet. And I really thought I would have to go shopping and get a whole new wardrobe. because And I was amazed to, to find out I had way more clothes in my closet than than I ever thought I did. I mean, I, I, and I love my closet now because I walk in, everything in it I like, I want to wear, it looks good. And all it was was one afternoon devoting to it, which will probably make me, you know, more money this year because I'm not going to look like a slob all the time. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. So no, I, easier I think than we that think. that's most people. You know, I think that most of us probably have way more than we need because, and this is why you hire an image consultant, right? Because you're you're you have this shirt or you have this pant, you have this dress or whatever that you're not wearing, and you don't understand why you're why you don't wear it. You go, I love this shirt, and every time I go to wear it, it just doesn't. Quite Quite feel right. And as we start to really look into what you want to say, then you realize that it's sending the wrong message. And so when you wear it, it's really uncomfortable, mm. you know, or it just really isn't quite nailing, you know, it's not going in the right direction that you want it to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's one of the things that I do is just help people to really understand, well, th- if you're telling me and you're telling me that your brand is elegant or dramatic or whatever, and this shirt is everything but that, then we have a disconnect, right? Well, yeah. You know, we have a disconnect in your brand message. So we have to really focus on that. So I think that's wonderful that you took the time to really clean house because then you kind of pare it down and so that everything that you reach for should like nail it every time. Boom. This is the right shirt. This is the right pair of jeans. This is the right pair of shoes. Now, I have to be honest with you. During Story Brand, I gave you the once over and I did approve. <laughs> <laughs> my denim but, shirt and my, my blue jeans, right? <laughs> right. Well, but what really stood out to me was that you weren't wearing cheap shoes. You know what? That's interesting. I've had more people. I, I spent a little more money on my shoes, which is not really like me. I spent a little more money on my shoes and people stopped me in airports and asked me about my shoes. And they're not like wildly crazy shoes, but they did cost me an extra 50 bucks over, right. over what normal shoes would cost. That's I, <laughs> I've, I'm taking that as a compliment. I think I made a good fashion decision. It is a great compliment. Yeah. That was one of the first things that I noticed. And I thought, you know, and I, I was sizing you up in a good way. And I was like, okay, denim shirt, denim jeans. Okay. He's, he's current. He's doing the denim on denim, but it's faded. So it's approachable. The colors are right. They're not, uh, 
you know, too authoritative in your face. It's appropriate for the setting. And then I got to your shoes and I was like, oh, there was a money shot right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to start wearing them on my hands. I'm going to start wearing them around my neck. I mean, if that's good, I'm just going to play that card. Don't, don't, don't hey. overstep. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here's Unintended. interesting. You've said something I think is really fascinating. You said, uh, you know, if you're wearing this thing, it's not true to your brand. And I think a lot of our listeners, they've thought a lot about their insurance company, their plumbing company, mm-hmm. you know, their executive coaching company. I doubt very many people who are listening to you have ever thought about their personal brand. And I'm one of them. I've never sat down with a sheet of paper and said, you know, who am I first of all? And then how am I going to discipline myself to communicate the best part of me mm-hmm. to the world? Are you saying that we should actually spend some time thinking about what is my personal brand? Absolutely. Because it's the, con- it's the end of your story, but it really is the beginning. If you're going to take a meeting for the first time, you know, it's, it's the beginning of your brand. You have, to, it enters the door before you even open your mouth. As you are walking towards that brand new client and you are extending your hand, they have already decided if you have the deal or not. Wow. That's you good. Know? Yep. Oh, that's interesting. And it, and you know, we hate to live in a world that's shallow, but the reality is we are that shallow ourselves. And so of course it's everybody true. else is that shallow. Okay. <laughs> let's get to the meat here. Uh, what is it? We're going to do this for male and female, for yes. men and women business leaders. What is it that every man needs to have in his closet? Give us the basics, the blocking and tackling of looking good and expressing a personal authority when we walk in the room. Well, I mean, it obviously depends on the company that you have or your personal brand and all of those things, but just, you know, bare nuts and bolts, everything with men, okay, is fit, 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 fit. So the first thing you need to have is a number to a great exceptional tailor, Hmm. because when you have that number one black, gray, or Navy suit in your closet, you can choose one. Um, the fit of that suit is what's going to separate you from everybody else. It's what's going to really send the message that you're not wearing a cheap suit, even if it wasn't expensive. You, it, you, it doesn't have to be, you know, a five thousand dollars suit. It can be a two hundred dollars suit. But if the fit is not right, uh, or if the fit is right, it can look just as good as the five thousand dollars suit. So, number one, you want to make sure that you have a suit that fits you perfectly. You want to make sure that you have a spread collar and also a a button collar shirt in any shade of blue. Um, So then also you want a great pair of jeans that are going to fit you well. You don't want to, you know, get your hip hop swagger on unless you are a hip hop (laughs) mogul. That's right. Um, (laughs) They need to fit well. I would suggest that you start out with something that depending on, again, it's going to change slightly depending on what you do for a living, but standard would just be a dark denim with no wash because that way you can dress them up or you can wear them more casually. And if you end up needing to wear them on camera, it just, again, sends a more grounded message. Um, also, you want to go into a, a great watch. If watches are not your thing, then cufflinks are great. But you want to have a signature something that you call mm. yours to set you apart from, you know, the plumber down the street. What makes you different, right? So yeah. you want to have something that you are known for that's just yours. Yeah. Oh, that's that's really good. And maybe a little like a pin on your collar or something like that. Yeah. The um, If you look at Kevin um, Plank, the CEO of Under Armour, right? Mm-hmm. This is, you know, this is athletic wear. So he can't always wear a mesh 
uh, shirt under his suit. Right. Sometimes he does look, you know, okay. But what he does is just that he just takes the logo and he'll wear it on his lapel. Ah, I love that. You know, so that you know before he walks in the room, you don't have to try to figure out when he's lined up which one is Kevin. You know which one it is. Awesome. Okay. Great watch. Great pair of jeans. Two kinds of shirts. Also a suit that fits well. What else do we need in that closet? Brown and black shoes, uh, for sure. Brown and black. Gotcha. And then you can, if you, you know, again, you can expand that into a great pair of fashionable sneakers, not the ones that you run around and or do yard work in, not those. So it's important (laughs) to have some fashionable sneakers that you're wearing to casual events. Right. Depending on what you do for a living, it could be, you know, Pumas, it could be a pair of trucks, it could be, you know, a Gucci sneaker. It really depends on, you know, where you're going and what you need to say um and this next thing is not mandatory but i just think that it's kind of fun i just think a great graphic tee that represents something that you're into um is always kind of like a conversation starter so not the chicago bears for everybody listening who wants to want to go out in their jersey it's got to be something (laughs) like ironic and fun is that what you mean yeah i think so i just always think that's kind of cool i've i met one of my best friends uh in mexico she lives in texas because she was with a a boy at that time and i was wearing a t-shirt that said i love nerds and (laughs) and he was a bit of and that's why we're talking today toy you're willing to spend time with me i get it i get it This is true. This is true. Um, and then I have one that says, I wish that I can control alt delete you. Oh, that's um, beautiful. That's awesome. That's fun. And I found that they're just kind of conversation starters when you go when you go somewhere. So that's pretty awesome. So we're talking to folks on this podcast who who are leaders, who want to lead, and who have great ideas that they want people to listen to. Even when we're going out casually, running to Home Depot, we might look a little bit better, right? Yeah, I think that because your brand doesn't stop. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter, like, you know, not to turn it on to myself at all, but, you know, with what I do, I often get asked if I feel pressure to look a certain way, you know, and I have to be mindful, even if I'm at the grocery store with my son, it should still read that I'm in the fashion industry. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, the ladies, what do the ladies need in their closet? The ladies, I think that rule number one goes for both parties. I think you still need to make sure that you have a great tailor, Mm. Um, especially depending on your body type, especially if you have that, you know, pivotal hourglass figure. They actually don't make clothes for an hourglass figure because most women um, are a little bit smaller on top than they are on the bottom. Mm. Um, And so... You you really have, and if that's you, then you have to get things tailored because they're not going to fit you. Your jeans are not going to fit you in the waist because your waist is too small. You know, um, dresses, pencil dresses are not going to fit you because your waist is too small. You know, so you really have to, um, again, have a good tailor on hand. You want to have a simple, clean, beautiful black dress. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that can be kind of like your little quiet power suit um, that you can wear a blazer over or a sweater over, nice. dress up or down. Um, you definitely want to invest in a great black blazer that you can wear with jeans or again over that black dress if you need to put together a suit. But just having it on with jeans um, on a casual Friday could work. Or if you have um, you know, an informal interview, that that's something that can work like that. A great black pencil skirt. Nude pumps. Now, you definitely need to have that, but not like the shiny patent leather nude. Not like that. Not that. 
you need to have some that matches your skin perfectly because the wow. point of that is, and I think that that's where a lot of women make mistakes because they get, you know, you, you want the pair of Louboutins and you've saved up for them and they're a thousand dollars and you're going to get them, but they're patent leather and they don't match your skin perfectly. Right. You can get those if that's where you are, you know, but if you're just kind of starting out, you want to just try to find a pair that's going to match your skin perfectly because the point of that is to elongate your body, mm. to make your legs look long and lean. So they, it needs, they need to look like they go on forever. Um, and it's hard for women because we have more choices. And so we can make more um, bad decisions than men because mm. you don't have as many options. And so we're like a kid in the candy store and we're like, keep giving me cake, you know, and then you're just, all of a sudden you're like, oh, how did I get here? Yeah. You know, because it's too many choices. So nude pump, black pump, um, you know, a great pair of just classic gold or silver hoops. If you're not a hoop girl, then a stud, something simple, um, black and brown boots, of course, but a nude wedge for the summer. Okay. Um, flats, if you're not into heels so much. Nude nail polish. Um, a nude lipstick for sure. Um, and if you're not afraid of color, then a red lipstick, but above all else, please invest in a great handbag. <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> because important. when you enter a room, that's what when other women see first wow. and women, we don't get dressed for men. We don't get dressed for, we get dressed for other women. I've always heard that. I've heard that women don't dress for the guys. They dress for the other ladies. That, yeah, that's it, fascinating to me because I always <laughs> dress for the guys. I'm always, Oh, you're a Seahawks fan. <laughs> me too. <laughs> that's fantastic well yeah i mean you know do you yeah i can't i can't even yeah that's been i have nothing to say <laughs> i just think that that's great my husband makes fun of me if we go out to a party because you know someone will i'll say oh i like your so-and-so i like your handbag i like your shoes uh you know and then he will without a doubt walk up to hey stan i like your shirt you know yeah uh just making fun of me but yeah but that's, that's hilarious just a- i've always heard that you know if two ladies walk into a party and they're wearing the same thing they're oh. just devastated if two guys walk in the party they're wearing the same thing they're best friends that's what that's the difference <laughs> pretty much <laughs> that's some truth no one that. wants that <laughs> so handbag you've got to have a great handbag that's important yeah i would say that if you are looking at if you're looking at what you're going to invest into for the season mm-hmm. two things invest in your shoes and invest in your handbag Oh, okay. Wow. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you can find a an inexpensive, great black dress anywhere. You can find a great pair of jeans anywhere. Um, but if you are wearing a pair of jeans from the Gap, you know, a J. Crew blazer, and you're carrying a great handbag and a great pair of shoes, everyone else just assumes the rest of you is expensive too. Wow, that <laughs> you up, know it ups the curve. It does. And this is why you'll see people in sweatsuits carrying Louis Vuitton handbags and, you know, with Chanel sunglasses because you're just not sure. You're like, is she a superstar or is she not? I really can't tell. That's okay. I, I, that actually is true. I, I can think of times I've been in an airport. I was like, that must be somebody. And it's got to be like her glasses or something that's making me think that. Yeah, because you can't really tell. You're not sure. You're like, is she somebody or is she not somebody? So, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, that's um, but awesome. Yeah. Anything so else are- in a lady's closet? No, I think that'll cover it. That's pretty simple. It's yeah. simple. Like those are just the basics. Like a pair of great black boot cut jeans is always good because you can dress those up or dress those down. Um, and then I think that, well, I'll say this. 
The, the other thing is that you want to have something because I think that women over accessorize. Oh my word. I think I just want to go through the airport sometimes or, and just take things off of people. <laughs> you know, you don't need that it's too much. Oh my goodness. I think you should. That would be a great reality show. I'd watch uh, that show. Oh my God. I just want somebody to insert a camera in my head and just let me just do the voiceover. Go, why? <laughs> why? So I think that just get something, get a small, simple, necklace that means something to you. Yeah. Just something that means something to you. And it could be something for your children or uh, something for a little bone for your dog, like whatever it is, just get something simple and let that be your signature piece Mm. Um, or something. Like I have a friend who doesn't, she doesn't wear necklaces, but she wears, you know, huge like um, fringe earrings. And so she's not allowed. I don't allow her to wear any other accessory. It's like, that's it. Wow. Yeah, that's enough. <laughs> it's, it's a subtle, but there. Yeah. So it's like, that's, that's your piece. But if you are searching for something, then start with something simple that you can build on. You can still put a statement necklace or whatever over that if you need to, Mm. but it's like the graphic tee. You want to have something that means something to you. That's going to just give you that extra shot of, um, you know, of courage when we get up in the morning and head out into the world. Okay. So as far as colors, we need a blue shirt. We need a white shirt. There's something to colors communicating things, right? Does blue communicate something that white doesn't? Does white communicate something? Should we never wear red? What do colors mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. And color color has a tremendous effect on the way that people perceive you, right? Hmm, Um, It sends these emotional signals and we're like, well, why? So here's the thing with that. From the branding perspective, personally, really think about what you want to do, right? So if you want to communicate that you are powerful, right? I like to give this scenario. If you are the CEO of like the children's hospital, right? And you need to give a big presentation and you need to raise money, Mm -hmm. then you don't want to wear black because that's very authoritative and it can become very aggressive, Hmm. you know, but you want to wear blue or you want to wear white because, you know, white is, uh, signifies newness and freshness and blue is, um, it's very calming. Um, you know, it's the reason why UPS chooses brown and why the UGG company chooses brown because it sends the message that it, that they're grounded and that you can really, really rely on me. Wow. I had no idea. you know, red can sometimes be seen as very aggressive, but it not, depending on how you use it, again, when, where you're using it. So red for men says it sends a different message. If a woman, rather, is wearing red, a man is going to read that color different than another woman. Hmm. So if you have a big meeting and you're meeting with another woman and you were not in charge of that meeting, you may not want to wear red. Hmm. Um, because it could be seen as aggression. So you may want to wear, you know, and, and if you're saying, okay, well, I don't want to wear black, then you wear navy because it'll give you the same feeling of authority, but it's just a little, you're backing off a little bit. Um, as opposed to if you are the CEO of a company and, you know, you're trying to get your team on board with the message and you want to get them really excited, then you want to wear a little bit of orange somewhere because orange gets you really excited about something. Ah, that's interesting. So there's a, I mean, there's some, some sense to the idea that these presidential candidates who line up in these mass debates, you know, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of primary season, they're, they're wearing a red tie almost all the time. And if they showed up with a yellow tie, I I would probably think less of them. And it, it's it's weird how that works. There, there, yeah, there's something to that. Because yellow signifies, can can signify uh, cowardness, right? Mm. Um, mm. Yellow really, you know, it's like a happy color, right? You, yes, of course. But it depends again on the situation, but if you're running in the primaries and you're wearing yellow, 
then that's just going to send a different message. So they primarily will wear, you know, blue or red or, you know, even lavender. You know, these are just kind of things that are very close to spirituality and it kind of sends a very calming hmm. effect. Yeah. You know, but if you need to make a, a stance that you are the authority in something, then black is the way to go. Think about the big brands. Why do you think the Apple boxes and everything's white? Hmm, I don't you know, know. When, they, when they launched, right? It was because, hey, here's something new. Hey, here's a way for you uh, to think different. So it's white because white signifies that. When you look at companies like Chanel, you know, Chanel is a leading a leading um, brand in the fashion industry. So the logo and everything is black and it's white, hmm. you know, and so it gives you that. It says, hey, I'm an authority. Here's something new. Here's something fresh. Go this way. Well, that's awesome. Okay, so we need to be thinking about the colors that we're wearing too. Let me ask you this, because you reminded me of this as you were talking. When is it appropriate for a CEO, a leader, somebody in the C-suite, a business leader, somebody who wants to make an impression, to go ahead and take off the tie and just wear an, uh, an unbuttoned you know, top button in a meeting? You see the president doing this, you see other leaders doing this, and you know it's strategic. When is that important to take, take off the tie right now, leave the coat on, wear the suit, when, when do we need to do that? I think that any time that you need to appear, you know, in a space of humility, anytime that you're talking to your people, mm, yeah. you know, you, when you need to lower your voice and say, listen, I really need you guys to get on board with this. Mm, you can trust I'm one me. Of you. I'm one of you. I'm one of you. And I know that you have a need and I'm going to do everything that I can to address that need. Gotcha. You wow, know, because that's... I'm not your boss right now. Like we're in this together. I got you. That's kind of what that is. That is fantastic advice. Instead of walking into the room, making sure the tie is on and being authoritarian, sometimes we got to take it off, say, hey, let's get in the trenches together and figure this thing out. And that's good advice. Toy, you were fantastic. Thanks so much for coming on Building a Story Brand, the podcast. And uh, we, we hope to have you back. This was a, a great conversation. Also very informative. I've got a watch around here somewhere that's a really nice watch I used to like, I think. And I've got to find it and start wearing it again. That's yes, what I'm please. taking away from this and a lot of other stuff. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so, so much. It was awesome. If you've been listening to the Building a Story Brand podcast for a while, you're probably wondering what's next. You've probably sat around thinking, you know, I've got to bring my marketing into this next evolution. I've got to clean up the clutter and see a better response from customers. If you want to get started for free, just go to 5minutemarketingmakeover.com. You can either spell it out or use the number. doesn't matter. 5minutemarketingmakeover.com. I will give you three five-minute videos that if you just execute what I say in those videos, you will definitely see results. It is the best place to start. 5minutemarketingmakeover.com All right, we're at the segment of Building a Story Brand podcast that we call How'd They Do It? My favorite. I love this one. And it's basically success stories from people who have had a pain point, had a problem, went through the Story Brand framework, clarified their message, and saw a success. Yes, and we yes. can learn a lot from them because they're each doing different things. Yeah, I learn a lot from them each time we talk to them. Yeah. And today is one of my favorites, a guy named Kyle Schultz. Mm -hmm. Kyle was a fireman who had a hobby of photography. Yep. He started a photo school, basically geared toward parents to take better 
better pictures of their kids. Mm-hmm. And he was doing okay. I think uh, he's going to tell you he did like twenty five or twenty eight thousand dollars a year. And well, with each he did twenty five thousand. That was his launch, biggest right? launch. That yeah. was his biggest launch that he ever did. And he went through the story brand uh, course and did a lot more than that. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to let Kyle tell you because it's pretty cool. And all he did was clarify his message using the story brand framework. Yeah. And uh, so I'm grateful Kyle was able to talk to us. It's SchultzPhotoSchool.com. And uh, he's just a fantastic guy. Uh, let's get on the phone with Kyle. Hello, this is Kyle. Kyle, Donald Miller, and J.J. Peterson hey, with Kyle. Building a Story Brand. How are you? Doing really well. Thanks so much for calling. It's great to hear from you. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for taking time to talk to us about how you grew your business and all the changes that you made. From your perspective, tell us a little bit about what you do. So in short, like I just teach parents how to take better pics of their kids. And I would used to really fumble through that before StoryBrand, but now it's become pretty clear. And I used to try and think through a really clever way to say that. And I realized that I could just say it as simple as that. So we help parents take better pics of their kids. (laughs) Yep, that's it. Yep. And I used to be really fancy. And I think people kind of looked at me like, oh, that sounds cool. And I just kind of understand. So basically, I just have an online photography course that's aimed at parents. So these parents who bought a fancy camera to take better pictures of their kids, and then they're a little bit underwhelmed with it, and they figure that it's probably not the camera. It's them. They just need to learn a few things. And so I step in and become their guide and just kind of help them figure out a few things about their camera and then a few things about photography uh, just to make taking pictures of their kids fun, enjoyable, and really create a story and a legacy through that. Kyle, I love it because it's not like this, go buy half a million dollars in lighting. That's not what you're talking about. <laughs> you're like, no. you're, you're talking to a guy like me. You're like, Don, you went and bought this camera at Best Buy. I have no idea how to use it. There's all these buttons. I don't want to read all the technical jargon about how to use this thing. I need you, Kyle, to step in and go, put this button here, this button here. This is kind of what it's doing. See? And I'm like, oh my gosh, that photo looks amazing. That's That's basically what you do, right? It's just a simple version of a photo school. That is exactly what I do. And my goal is just to teach the 20% of photography basics that make the 80% of the difference. Well, talk to me about, I know that before StoryBrand, you were a firefighter, you had a different job. Now you're able to just do Schultz Photography School. What was the problem before StoryBrand? What was the problem in your messaging before and why wasn't it working as well? I think that the problem, like many people, is that you're, you're so close to it and you have so much you want to say and you know your program inside and out. And I try to tell it all. And so I think one of the big problems, and you know, I did, I did work trying to understand my, uh, my ideal client avatar and all this sort of stuff, but I didn't have a good framework and I just didn't have clarity on the message to be able to tell it succinctly. When I went through StoryBrain and I did it quick, but I saw the intro copy of my sales page go from over a thousand words down to 128. So my problem was a 90% reduction in the stuff you were saying turned into increased sales. I want everybody to hear that. A 90% reduction in the amount of words turned into increased sales. Oh, I love it. Pull your car over and write that down. (laughs) I I wish everybody would just hear that. Well, it's so true. And uh, I think that was my main problem is you know, you, you see your own product and you want to tell everyone all about it, but then you end up burning more calories for them than what they can handle and they tune it out. And I know I've heard you say that in the past, that 
So all that I was trying to say was just leading to confusion. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think I was because in my mind, it was clear. This is what I do. These are all the features and benefits and you need to know all about it. But it was just too much. And uh, StoryBrand for me obviously gave me this framework to walk people through to where I could start with their desire and their problem and, and get empathy and authority and then summarize a plan. I never had a plan before, and uh, I never had a success bucket versus a failure bucket. So I also added things to my messaging, but I also took away a lot. And so the combo of the two was like the, the one-two uh, technical knockout, and it, it really made a huge difference in my bottom line. Well, let's talk about that huge difference in your bottom line. How much did your business grow? What happened? Because you basically went through StoryBrand, clarified your message, just pruned down your website so that it was simple, clear, yeah. and relevant. And what was the before and after? Before StoryBrand, so I do these enrollments about three times a year. And my biggest enrollment ever was just over twenty five grand. Which and, is which is awesome um, so if you think about it. It's a part time part time job gig <laughs> and it's an online it, course for twenty five grand. That's pretty great. Oh yeah, totally grateful, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, totally grateful. Yeah. It, was, it was a it was a yeah, great thing. Well, so story brands, when the online thing opened up, I was like perfect and I did not bat an eye. I I bought the course there uh, right before Thanksgiving. And then I just sort of uh, college all-nighter slammed the material uh, one night before. <laughs> and then on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, I remember this like it was yesterday. My son had a basketball game on Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. I just got done going through all the videos on the online workshop. And I was driving to that game, and I looked at my wife, and I said, Honey, I think I'm going to be up all night. Like, I think I need to wow. redo my sales page, which goes live tomorrow. But wow. I think I'm going to do it. And I'm like, you know, the good thing is I have it off. So I redid this sales page. The, the biggest thing I already told you, I cut my copy by 90%. Um, I looked for ways to make the customer the hero. And so instead of having my pictures of my kids and my family on the sales page, it became 100% client pictures. And so before, after the photo fix, which is my main program, along with the testimonial. And then I just got rid of gobs of the curse of knowledge on that sales page. So uh, instead of saying, we'll teach you about aperture, it was like, we'll teach you how to take pictures with a, with a blurry background. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. Simple stuff like that. And so I stayed up all night. I just hammered through, got it done. The long story short there is that next two days, we brought in $103,000. So $103,000? Like, yeah. <laughs> Kyle, that yeah. is amazing. <laughs> oh, well, you Kyle, guys that's are amazing. Because awesome. I didn't do it. I just kind of listened. And, and to be honest, I, it, I still don't have it perfected. You know yeah, what I mean? No, like, it, this it, is, you keep evolving it, it forever. Exactly. And I, I think one thing I'd encourage listeners, because it can be hard to implement stuff, you know, but this kind of stuff, you just got to get started and throw it out there. It's hard to perfect anything, but you can just you can just get the basics of this going, and it'll move the needle for uh, for your message. Well, Kyle, that's amazing. And tell me, are you connecting with parents who just love their photos now? Because you know, it's nice to go from twenty eight to one hundred three, uh, or twenty five to one hundred three, and to be able to leave mm-hmm. your job and do this full time and all that stuff that we really want. But you know, I-, I know for a fact that parents are loving pictures that they're taking of their kids, and that's got to be pretty rewarding too, just to know that you're changing some lives and creating some memories. 
Oh, Don, it's it's uh it's ten times more rewarding than a paycheck. And, yeah, uh, I don't just say that. Like it honestly, if we get emails every day from people, and they'll literally say like, "You changed my life," because that's what photography can do. It can teach you how to slow down and pay attention. Yeah, and live in the present. And we have that happening. And to me, that's the payday for sure. And we have uh, the other payday for me is just the community that has evolved from this. Oh, I love that. And, you know, we, we have these moments in life that are so magical, and then we take out our iPhone and look at the pictures that we took, and they don't capture any of the emotional <laughs> beauty of it. And I'm like, wait a second, I want a photo that feels like it yeah. felt when it happened. And you're teaching people to do that, and they're, and you're connecting parents with their kids, you're connecting parents with each other. And not only that, Kyle, I would just say that, you know, when somebody succeeds at something, when we help somebody succeed at something, when somebody goes out with their camera and succeeds at taking a beautiful picture, they feel a lot better about themselves and that begins to affect their mm -hmm. jobs and their marriages and their relationships and that's the other thing that you're helping people do you're helping people succeed at something Kyle we're just so grateful for you I I'm so grateful that you were able to clarify your message you're one of our favorite kinds of business <laughs> in the sense that you have a terrific product the communication wasn't quite clear enough and when you pared it down and simplified your communication people started finding out what you were doing and your business began to grow hey let me take some takeaway points from what you've done so that everybody listening can have some just action points that they can make on their own website in order to grow their business. One is cut your copy down. I mean, you cut it by 90% and then you actually created a plan and that was probably confusing to some people listening. We really recommend if you take somebody through a process, we recommend explaining that process in about three steps. And you may say, Don, there's 43 steps. I can't do it in three steps. Give me three <laughs> phases. You know, there may be the investigative phase and then the create a custom report phase and then the, the execution phase. But there's something about the magic of three. And you took your customers and said, look, there are three things that you need to do to get it to step up and do business with me. And you did that great. That gives people a mental map to follow. You also talked about the successful results people would experience if they used your product. You showed images that were beautiful, that they could create themselves if they knew how to use their camera. And you had testimonials of the successful result. People want to know what is their life going to look like if they do business with you. You showed them on your website. You did the huge story brand paradigm shift of making the customer the hero. Uh, you used client pictures and you got away from the curse of knowledge. The curse of knowledge is when you're mm -hmm. using a bunch of language that you think everybody understands, but they don't. They don't understand it. You stopped talking about f-stop and you started talking about pictures with blurry <laughs> backgrounds, things yeah. like that. Kyle, there's so much that we can learn from you. I just want to thank you on behalf of StoryBrand for one, going through the course executing the material, making changes, and that's where you see a difference. You see it when you follow through in the StoryBrand framework. Kyle, you deserve all the success that you've gotten. Schultz Photo School, it's spelled without a C. It's S-H-U-L-T-Z, photoschool.com. Thanks so much for being on the show. You guys are making a huge difference in my life, and I know so many. So thanks so much for having me. This episode of the Building a Story Brand podcast is brought to you by 5-Minute Marketing Makeover. Go to 5MinuteMarketingMakeover.com and I've got three 5-minute videos that are going to give you a virtual checklist of everything that you can do in your marketing collateral to communicate more clearly and finally reach those customers who just haven't been paying attention. Go to 5MinuteMarketingMakeover.com and sign up today.
Music from this episode is from the album Black Bear by Andrew Bell. You can download the album on iTunes or listen to it on Spotify. It's Black Bear by Andrew Bell. This podcast, of course, exists to help you clarify your message and grow your business. On behalf of the StoryBrand team, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.